Hi there, I'm Jim. And I'm Charles. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. Making his triumphant return to our pokey little podcast is my colleague, Charles Bristow. Hi, Charles. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? It's I'm doing all right, and it's apparently time for my annual return to your lair. It, it is, yes. This becoming an annual event, which is we're going to talk today about ReggieNet and about the upcoming upgrade for the fall of 2019 to our campus uh, learning management system. You know, it occurred to me before we started recording today, we do have a lot of listeners to our podcast who are not part of ISU or who are not on campus, at least. So can you explain a little bit about, go back to basics, what is ReggieNet and what may it be analogous to on on other campuses? Sure. Um, So ReggieNet is, as you mentioned, it's the name that we use for our learning management system, or LMS. Um, In our case, ReggieNet is based on the learning management system Sakai, uh, which is one of a number of learning management systems out there. Others you might be familiar with are Blackboard or Canvas or Moodle. They're all kind of similar sorts of sets of tools that allow you to manage your your classes online. And I think what you said there was key when you talk (laughs) about sets of tools. I think... Even on our campus, when we think of our learning management system, we think of it as kind of one thing, because we talk about it as one thing. But it really is a lot of different moving parts that all have to kind of work together, which means that, A, um, it's not the most intuitive thing to, to use right out, uh, off the bat if you're new to campus. Uh, and, Correct. B, it has a lot of moving parts, and there are a lot yep. of changes that can be made and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So you've been spending – we're recording this in uh, early July – and the upgrade's going to happen around July 25th, I think Thursday, July 25th. That's right. And But you and your colleagues, not just here at CTLT, but also some folks over in Administrative Technologies, have been testing this update for a long time. Just very briefly, we don't need to get into too much detail about how the sausage is made, <laughs> but just briefly, what, what's that entailed? What do you do? So we basically have a set of scripts um, that we, or protocols that we go through step-by-step, step, make sure all of the common tasks that an instructor or a student would would perform in ReggieNet are working the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for an example, if we took a nice simple tool like the announcements tool, okay, an instructor needs to add an announcement. They need to put in all the information, post it, make it available to students. So we go through and we do that in a test course and make sure everything is working the way it's supposed to and there aren't any funny things happening. We were talking before we started recording, we're both very happy because the last time you were on, we, mm-hmm. we did tease a little bit um, a new tool that's being added to ReggieNet, and we can actually make good on it this year, right? We can make good on our promise. And what was that promise? That promise was rubrics. Rubrics. We are so thrilled. And of course, Again, people who listen to our podcast or have ever come over to CTLT have had the rubric word thrown at them quite a lot because we, from a teaching standpoint, we a lot of us around here really appreciate the value of rubrics. And right. it's so exciting to finally have that available. Tell us all about it. So yeah, it, we're really excited about this. And we think a lot of faculty will also be excited about this um, because it's it's integrated into the tool mm-hmm. uh, or into the all a number of tool other tools within ReggieNet. So what you'll do um, from the instructor point of view is you'll be able to add the rubrics tool 
to your course site. That will then allow you to create rubrics um, with as many criteria and standards and whatever labels and point values. All of that is completely under your control. Mm -hmm. It's pretty flexible for, for what you can do with it. Then once you've created that rubric, you can then associate it with an item in the gradebook. You can associate it with an assignment. You can associate it with a short answer question in, the, in tests and quizzes. And it's also integrated with forums. So when you go to grade one of these items, you can just point and click on the different um, cells in the rubric that you want to assign for that student. It adds up the points. You can also add individual comments if mm -hmm. you wish to do so. And then you finish it out. And then the student can then view that rubric and see how it's been um, filled out and click on the comments. And, and so that's an important thing to keep in mind, that this is not just a grading sheet for you. It, it does truly what a rubric is supposed to do, which is it, it, it also provides that feedback uh, in a standardized way, but it provides that feedback to the students as well. So they're seeing what the standards and the criteria were and what you chose to evaluate. Exactly. And I should also mention that in most cases, the student can also preview the rubric Mm -hmm. um, either in the grade book or in the assignment so that they know how you're planning on grading that particular item right. or assignment. Again, we've talked a lot about rubrics on our podcast. Uh, we incorporate the idea of using rubrics into a lot of the teaching workshops we do here at, at CTLT. We will link to at least one episode uh, on rubrics with Dr. Julianne McFan that we did quite a while ago, but it still, still has legs. Um, so people can kind of get an idea about how to work with rubrics just in general. So in the ReggieNet system, uh, you're, you're talking about rubrics. It sounds like I could create the assignment first and then create the rubric, or I could have a rubric kind of sitting in the wings. And then when I create an assignment, I can associate that existing rubric with the assignment. Is that is that the case? That's pretty much the, the workflow, yeah. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, you're probably better off to create the rubric first okay. before you create the item. But, well, but there's nothing that prevents you from oh, I've created this assignment. I want to use a rubric with it to, to go back in, edit the assignment, and mm -hmm. attach that rubric later. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's, that's certainly not out of the question of doing it that way as well. Right. But again, there, the value, and we believe that there is value in students seeing the rubric before they actually do the work. Right. Because, you know, that's, that's part of the learning process. So what are some limitations that you've found in your testing and whatnot of the rubric system right now? Um, at the moment, the kind of the biggest limitation is it seems to only want to deal with whole numbers, no decimal points. Oh, um, well, which isn't a big deal, but you just need to take that into consideration when you're creating your, your rubrics and, yeah. and assigning point values. Yeah. Because one thing I've seen in the past is it's very easy to, to skew the points mm -hmm. um, and make your grading actually harsher than you intend. Right, intended to right. be if, yeah. if you if you minimize the scale too much. Yeah, so that's one thing to be aware of because it it doesn't it's not quite as flexible as far as the point things is concerned. Right. And you're talking about when you create the rubric because right. because when it comes time to actually evaluating assessing students' work mm -hmm. with the rubric, you're not able to go in and put in a customized number, are you? Or actually, you can. That's an option that you can choose to to do. Mm -hmm. So, so for example, if you've got one standard that's worth ten points and another that's worth eight, yeah. Um, when you create the rubric, you can choose to. Uh, there's an option to adjust points. Okay. So I could go in and give somebody a nine if I wanted to. Yeah. I yeah. just can't give them a nine point five. Yeah. We don't necessarily always recommend doing that, mm -hmm. uh, because one of the one of the values of rubrics is that it forces us as the instructor to make a decision. 
right <laughs> and not and not and not vacillate over something yeah. to actually really think about which of these two criteria but but it's good to always have options right i mm-hmm. think that's the that's the the thesis here yeah so well so there are some other options that are going to be coming to reginet too as far as uh a, a few well maybe options isn't the right word uh a few optimizations i'm thinking about yeah. the tests and quizzes tool right so there there are some other options that that we can talk about as well but the other biggest um visual thing uh-huh. that you'll see within reginet is there is a, a fairly big change to the main um, page in the tests and quizzes tool from the instructor point of view. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that, that students will see. And, and this is something that's very, we apologize that this is an audio only podcast. This is one of those rare occasions <laughs> where we're really talking about something. But you, but we will have some help material and, and whatnot on our website. We, around we the certainly time will. Launch, so so the, those that have used the test and quizzes tool in the past will be aware that um, on the main interface page, there's there's two main tabs, working copies and published copies. That interface has been eliminated. Everything will be seen all on one single page. And what we used to consider and kind of still do as the working copies will be labeled as draft. Mm -hmm. Um, There are various filters that will be available um, to just display only published copies or only the draft copies, mm-hmm. or, or even only things that are active, so things oh, that, cool. that students can can actually currently access. It allows you to control um, exactly what you're seeing as far as um, which assessments are, are currently being shown. And then the add part where you actually add a new quiz that used to be at the top of that interface is, is now on its own separate tab, but mm-hmm. um, sim- kind of similar to the way the assignments tool is set up, where you have one tab that's for adding and one tab that's for just displaying the the list of current assignments. Right. So, well, and that sounds great because I think one of the problems I always had in the tests and quizzes tool, especially if I was going back to a course that I hadn't taught for a while and I was digging up the old test, it's like, what am I? Which wait a minute, where I'm, which mm-hmm. which flavor of I'm working with the published ones or the or the archived copied ones or whatever. Right. And and that was always a um, it could be a little bit of a a bugaboo of, you know, an instructor would make a, a change to to a, a working copy instead of a published copy, and it, and it wasn't changing what the students were seeing. So. Right, right. So hopefully this will help alleviate that. Um, it'll take a little mm-hmm. bit of getting used to, but I, I think in general um, it is an improvement, and I've actually heard a little bit of, of feedback from some other schools that have already made the transition to this new version that have given some positive feedback about that. So Great, great. So I know there are uh, some improvements kind of under the hood as far as the performance of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of the Sakai engine that runs ReggieNet that you talked about. That, right. That's something that happens with all, all of these upgrades. Are, are there any other uh, things of, that you think would be of interest to faculty uh, especially? Actually, there are. There are a couple other things. Um, one thing is on the site info tool. Okay. Um, that's a place where you can go to kind of manage a lot of settings and things like that within the course. In the past, when you looked at that main site info tool page, when you scrolled down, you would see the list of participants mm-hmm. in your course. That has now been moved to a separate tab okay. uh, within the site info tool. Um, and now I'm trying to remember what it's labeled and I can't. Um, I think it's labeled manage participants. Okay, That's something that's a little bit different. Well, and, and that's one where I'm, again, I'm, I'm glad that they're making this change because that, like you said, that was at the, like the bottom of that page and I never knew to scroll down. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. below the fold. It was before. Yeah. Yes. The assignments tool has a new option. Oh, I'm excited about this one. Ooh, good yeah. for you. I really am. If it's what, if it's what I think it is. Right. 
And what this is, is this allows you to choose an option where the system will automatically send students an email reminder 24 hours before the due date and time for an assignment. Yes. Now, I would never say this is a substitute for having that that one-on-one or that personal communication or, you know, but I often do this anyway. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes I'll do that more than 24 hours ahead of time because they really yep. should have been thinking about it more than 24 <laughs> more than 24. Hours. Whoa, but, really? Yeah. But I think this is something that students are positive about. In fact, I know it is because we did a little, we had a little conversation, we did a little focus group with some students and they all kind of did the same thing I did, which was like, ooh. So it's, so it's an interesting option, but it's yep. an option that you have to turn on for each assignment. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. So that's just in the, the assignment settings page. You'll go through and you'll see an option to send students an email 24 hours before the due date. Cool. The other kind of tool that, that got a little bit of improvements is the gradebook tool. Okay. Um, we've been kind of incrementally trying to, to fix some of the things that, that we know have been a little bit annoying with instructors using the gradebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple things. Um, if you're using categories within the gradebook, uh, the system will now display the total points for each category. Oh, okay. So that's one good thing. And actually, we're in the process of, of trying to get it to show the total points for the entire gradebook. Somehow that didn't get added in with the, the same thing, but we're working on that. So another new feature in the gradebook is instructors can choose to display or allow students to see statistics for individual grade items or the overall course grade. And those are actually two separate um, options. Oh, so like how other students did on this exactly. particular Exactly. So they assignment. see kind of a mean, median, a histogram of, of mm-hmm. the grade distribution. Oh, that's great because that will then... Now, see, I didn't know that was coming. And, and that's something I could see using because I'll have discussions with students sometimes about their projects, especially like essay exams mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we look over common things. It would be great to kind of see the, the, the statistics on the feedback I gave them and, and the, how I actually assessed it. So that's cool. Right. So, yeah, it can give students a, a feeling on, of how they're doing. You know, if they did particularly bad on something, they might look at that and see, oh, well, you know, nobody did really well on that. So for those of you who are listening uh, before July 25th, 2019, ReggieNet will be unavailable for, we're, we're kind of saying all day. Right. It, it may come back late that afternoon or early evening, but we're, we're kind of hedging our bets. And, and because there are still some classes going on, some summer courses going on, we've been telling instructors all spring and all summer uh, that we've known this upgrade was coming or potentially coming to, to be aware of that. If yep. you're listening to it, to this after July 25th, 2019, ReggieNet probably wasn't available that day and, yes. and no big deal. But, but you get to log in and see all these new fun things. That's exactly true. Charles, is there, um, I know that you are involved in the Sakai community, you and some of our other colleagues here on campus. Is there anything coming in the next next version of Sakai that you want to tease or are we not going to press our luck two years in a row? Uh, let's not press our luck. Um, th- there's various projects going on that are Optimization of, of some tools. Um, there, there's also kind of an overall project to try and um, make all the, the make the various parts of the interface more consistent across tools. Ah, so yes. that things like buttons will should all look the same and, right. and be labeled in similar ways. So so we get more consistency across. Yeah. Um, well, and that goes back the, to what we talked things, about so. in the beginning of this episode when we were talking about how ReggieNet is actually many tools. And mm-hmm. because it's part of this open source, community-driven sort of project, different people are contributing to different tools. And so when they're all fitted together, they haven't always, 
it hasn't been a seamless experience across the tools. Is exactly. That, yeah. And yeah. that's something that that was kind of realized and and so they they began a project to actually kind of do an inventory of yeah. of you know all the labels and buttons and and things across all the tools and try and make them more consistent throughout. Yeah. And and that's an ongoing project. Sure. And then I also know that, that uh, speaking, that actually just reminds me, and I know we have some colleagues here on campus who are involved in this, um, an effort to also make sure that it is, is as accessibly friendly and as accessible that, as can be for that, those who need, who need screen readers and, and whatnot. That's correct. Um, AT and, and web services together have been, doing a lot of accessibility testing mm -hmm. um, and contributing what they found back to the community. Yeah. Um, and that, and actually ISU has been recognized at, at uh, the national meeting um, for their contributions in that area. So it's been kind of nice to see. Well, great, Charles. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can find out more about ReggieNet. And if you need help with ReggieNet as a teacher at Illinois State University, go to ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Look at our brand new homepage, and you'll see big buttons on that homepage, both for ReggieNet support for instructors and for our pokey little podcast, Let's Talk Teaching. For Charles Bristow, for all of my colleagues here at the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology, until we talk again. Happy teaching.